What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Bonsai Chat. I am your host, Ryan Trainer, and I'm here with my co-host, DJ Grand. What's going on, DJ? Not a whole lot. It's good to be here with you. Glad we can get through this mess that's out there. Yeah, and no other better way to spend our time is, you know, podcasting about uh, video games and movies, right? That's right. <laughs> so... On today's docket of discussion, we're going to be talking about the Resident Evil 3 remake, fighting with my family, The Mandalorian, and finishing up The Punisher. So um, to get started, we, again, Bonsai Chats on all social media, follow, follow us, like us, and uh, check out our YouTube and Patreon, you know, if you want to support us and all that. So um, yeah, do that, you know, all the internet jumbo-wumbo stuff, so um let's start with our topics of questions that we thought up this week so i'll start with mine because it just popped in my head literally probably after we re recorded last week so i've been wanting to talk about it but um i just kind of was thinking of what has been like a big disappointment in like movies video games or you know something that you were kind of looking forward to what is yours dj well, I love Fallout 4. I played it so much, and I was so looking forward to the next game that come out, Fallout 76. And they released it, and it was nothing but the same game, but multiplayer. Yeah. And it sucked. It just absolutely sucks. I mean, that just that blows the big one. I was so disappointed that I'm just... I'm really disappointed. I mean, and Bethesda itself, you didn't come up with that stupid idea. I mean, I just don't get it. Yeah, I, I mean, even as like I, I wasn't into Fallout. I know it's like a you know very popular game franchise, but man, that got so much backlash when that game came out. I mean, so I think everybody, you know, I obviously you too were disappointed in that game, and it's still trying to like make its way back with that game, which is funny because did you read that article about the NPC thing? No, what about it? No, I did not. Uh, I'll send it to you. It's, uh, it's pretty funny because they came out with like I think it I think it was a DLC or something like that. But they, you know, tried to put something new out there to be like, yeah, you know, this game's gonna be this game's gonna be better. And like the add-in to the game was uh, NPCs, which are non-playable characters. So they were like, yeah, now you can play this because uh, it's online, right? Isn't that how it works? Well, in order to be multiplayer, it has to be. Yeah. Yes. So that, that therein lies the problem. The problem is that it's multiplayer. And then I think I didn't I didn't read that article, but I do remember them seeing it on the Xbox, and it was the same crap. But I didn't know about the the, the non-player characters and all that stuff. But uh, it was the same crap. It didn't change yeah. really anything. It's I know and that's that's the, the thing. Same. Yeah, and that's like the thing that they were just trashing on this game for too, because they're trying to put out something more and get their you know audience back and then they made such a dumb update where it's like npcs are in every single game that's not new or something anybody really wants and you can't again it's it's they're not even real you know they're part of the game so it's like why Look, would you want to put that out there it's so stupid i agree you didn't even you didn't improve anything at all yeah i don't mind if you if you have a game that has multiplayer fine but just have the the solo uh, line two. Look, Red Dead Redemption Two had that. They had a day where you could play by yourself, and then they also did an online multiplayer version. 
great. Yeah. That way I have a choice. I can play the multiplayer or I can do the solo. Of course, I believe this, I like the solo better. But regardless, at least I have a choice this way. Bethesda took away my choice. Said you have to play multiplayer. Yeah. I don't want to go up against people that I don't want to have to make friends and have to play a game. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not friendly, but in order to get them to stay on your side, they're not going to turn on you in the game. You have to be friends because someone you don't know will turn on you in an instant. No, you can't I, trust Yeah, them. and I understand that too, especially where there's a game that's fun to play with like, you know, Fallout 4 and, you know, the other games. It's There's two types of players with that too and i'm in the same wheelhouse with you as i i'm not a big multiplayer i like doing it sometimes but just people get too competitive man and it's like yeah you're gonna come in to play this game and you're like yeah you know i got a couple hours to play this game or whatever and you're gonna be playing with somebody that's literally been sitting in front of their tv for days just getting ridiculously good and it just and then take it out on the newbies yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 cowardly you should go look against at least your own level, if not greater than your level. True. I mean, that's, that's the way I always try to when I play new games. I try and take them just a little bit above my level. It makes it more challenging that way. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just I, – I was totally disappointed in, in Bethesda and in Fallout 76. This shows how bad it is. On Xbox now, they have a free play thing. Every once in a while, they'll, give you, they'll show a game that you can play for free. Mm-hmm. It's Fallout 76 now, and I won't even touch the damn thing for free. Yeah, that's when you know it's bad, when they're just trying to give it away. They're like, please, please. <laughs> you know? Yes. That's funny. No, that's that's uh, good you brought that up, because uh, I'll send you that article, because it's really funny how, like, like I said, they tried to make it better and just were showing how lazy they are at making that game what the fans want it to be. Uh, I, it could be a thing of a lot of companies do this, where they just... They got a, this sponge that's soaked with money and they want to squeeze every bit out of it. And they keep squeezing and squeezing instead of doing something new and original. And I think that could be what they're doing because it's the same damn game just set in a – instead of the Fallout 4 was set in the Boston area, Fallout 76 is in the West Virginia. Well, that's the only difference. It's a, just a different setting. Everything else is exactly the same. That's too bad. I hate when – especially when a good game like you know Fallout's such a big franchise too, it's – just sucks when they drop the ball like that yeah they were, i mean i hope if they ever do come out with another version of skyrim they don't do the same with that game i love skyrim too another bethesda game mm-hmm. so it really makes me weary to want to even to trust them again if any new game they come out yeah uh, damn fallout <laughs> <laughs> well i the one i picked because there's so many especially with games movies tv shows and all that i mean you're more disappointed you get more disappointment, I think, and stuff you're trying to find than, you know, the gems you find, I would say. But the one that I can really think of is, uh, did you ever read the Dark Tower series from St- by Stephen King? Is it Stephen King? Yeah, no, I've never read it, but I know Stephen King. Yeah. I've never got into his kind of horror type books. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's, it's okay. It's just, it's his like long running series. There's seven, yeah, seven books, I believe. And, um, it's it's an interesting thing, especially when you look into like how he wrote it and stuff. And it's it's kind of like his Lord of the Rings, I would say, except with his spin on it, because it is very dark and there's all the Stephen King stuff to it. But it's all about, you know, like heroes and fighting, you know, the bad guy and stuff like that. And this like very apocalyptic Western setting. And it's it's a really cool story. And they made a movie about it. 
and they made one movie about it, about seven, <laughs> a seven book series. They tried to cram into an hour and 45 minutes, which it's good like, luck with that. Yeah. They're right there. You knew it was going to be just not good. You know, you might as well just call it something else. And, you know, Stephen King movies are pretty notorious at being bad. They usually never do too well. But um, I just. Oh, K- Carrie wasn't bad. Uh, Shining wasn't bad. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But. You know, with all the stuff he has, a lot of his, yeah, I don't know. It's teacher's own, I guess. But uh, this one was just one of those cases where I think it just should never have been done and never been attempted, and just leave it and just go read the books, you know. <laughs> and it's well, especially di- if you got to condense it like that. I totally agree. Yeah, and it's just I, I went and saw it like an idiot, even knowing that it was going to be bad. And you know, they even changed the main character because it's like, you know it's just it's one of those things it's like they just try to put in all these actors with it like matthew mcconaughey's the bad guy in it and it's, he doesn't even did, uh, act good in it and it's it's so bad did Stephen approve of this did, did, did it have his stamp of approval he must have i mean to get the name and somewhat of well the he story. could just he could literally say sign over the rights and then later on say oh this sucked i mean i'm just wondering if you know he was he was in on it and I didn't bother really to research it too much, but I I would just say yes, just because he probably obviously got money from it, and he probably you know yeah. he, he probably had little to do with it. But I think especially for one of his um, biggest like it, it, if you like read about how he wrote the book too, it's this huge thing that he went through, and he's in the book actually. It's a it's a lot about his life in like a weird fantasy way. So you just think that. Oh the way like he took care of this series and wrote it for years and years and just, you know, to give it all, if he did, you know, again, I'm not entirely sure, but to have that just turn into a big pile of shit. (laughs) I mean, I just don't see why he would even say, okay. That's disappointing. Yeah. The best I can say about Stephen King is he was in something anarchy. That's it. That's all I can say. Oh yeah, I do remember you. I I think you mentioned that in our episode, but that that's cool to know. I didn't I didn't really know that. I guess. Uh, Other than that, I don't like his politics. Uh, That's all I can say. I don't want to. It's. I know we're talking about the movies and the books, so that's really all that matters. Yeah, and biggest disappointments, you know, especially with like video game movies and stuff like that, and books being movies (laughs) as well, usually are big disappointments, but. uh, you know, I just that was one that always stuck out to me that I like was like, man, I can't believe they did this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, makes sense. They dropped a turd on that one. Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. So why won't we switch to your question? Uh, my question was, what movie could you watch over and over again without being tired of it? What is yours? Actually, I got a couple. Uh, the lesser one of the two uh weird science i love that movie that's a great one yeah i can watch that thing over there's so many good lines in that movie mm-hmm. and and the beginning totally foreshadows the entire movie and obviously you gotta watch it before you figure that out so i, th- I just john hughes is a great writer director anyways i mean he's done a lot of good movies or did a lot of good movies but uh i, I love weird science but the one that is on tops of my list that I can, no matter what I get into is the Godfather. Oh. That is the, that is a true American classic. Yeah, it's a good movie. And it's a great movie. I mean, I've seen it 
I got DVDs for it, seen it on TV, went to the movies to see it. I mean, it it's a great, great movie. And, I, and it's one of the rare movies that the uh, sequel is just as good as the first one. But uh, The Godfather, the first one, is just... It doesn't. You can't get any better than that. But to me, that is the best. It is classic cinema. I mean, if you talk about movies in general, like that is always going to be brought up, and just the way it was shot, you know, directed, and the actors, and then it, it's just, and it's always crazy to see like all those guys and how young they were. It's uh, kind of like yeah. cool to see, you know. Yeah, and what I, what I really liked about, uh, and I'm sure this is in the book too. I have not read the Godfather book, but I like the, the character development because the Godfather isn't about Vito. The Godfather is about Michael and his transition from not wanting anything to do with the family to becoming uh, the, the actual Godfather, the criminal. And it's actually a metaphor for America. I, I watched a, a documentary on this and Francis Ford Coppola, the director, he said this, that it's, it's a metaphor for how America was young and promising when it started out and then it became corrupt. And which is exactly what Michael Colleone, that's exactly what his path is in, in the story. So I just, it's a great, great, compelling story. And I can watch it over and over again. Yeah. You know, a movie is really good, too. And I like when, like, something like The Godfather, when you can watch it and appreciate everything about it. And then you see, like, a documentary about the movie, and it's, like, just as good. You know, you're like, that's so cool. Yeah. That's I always like yeah. that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, and with The Godfather, you can watch it, and you can always get something a little bit different every time you watch it. And that is a really good movie. When that happens, that's a really good movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no. I just wanted to ask, especially with like movies that have um, you know sequels and stuff like that, do you always feel like you have to watch the second one and like the other ones as well? Or are you just are good at watching the first one? Not necessarily. I'll give you a great example. Grease was an awesome movie. Grease 2 sucked. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good point. So no, it depends on the movie. It totally depends on the movie. And I don't like, I don't like musicals. I just don't like the concept of people breaking out in song. It never made sense to me. But you don't, least... you don't do that. I mean, that's like the Godfather musical. That would be amazing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Harry Potter breaks out in song too. Yeah. Right. But uh, um, I just, I just did that, that. The second movie, the first movie, Grease. The, the songs were good. I mean, the story was good, so it was a it was a good movie. It was a good feel good movie. Yeah. The second movie just sucked. The songs were bad. The the, the concept of it they changed it from uh, cars to motorcycles. It was just stupid. It's Once again, dumb. I think they were trying to squeeze the the sponge and get as much money as they could. I didn't care about the quality of that second the the remake. So none of the actors are a, in it either. <laughs> One of them is, I think. Or... Well, supposedly. Well, because they all graduated because that was the senior year in the first one. So I guess they wouldn't be in school. Yeah. You're right. They are different actors, except um, I think. Um, Frenchie's oh, in it, I think. Yeah, Frenchie. Yeah. And of course, the 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 principal and uh, her secretary, his secretary. And I think uh, Sid Caesar character was too. I don't remember. But yeah, there are some that were still in it. But the main characters were all different. You're right. So you're saying stupid. to watch The Godfather over Grease too. <laughs> you think? Yeah. It, uh, to answer your question, it depends on the movie. Yeah. Some sequels are good. I mean, looking we're going to talk about Star Wars. Yeah. For the most part, the sequels are good. The prequels, I don't know about Attack of the Clones, but the sequels were good. So I mean, it depends on the movie. Yeah. It, no, it really does, and uh, that's actually going into 
what I thought too, when you asked me this question, um, one that I can think of, well, I, I have a bunch I could probably rewatch too. When, when I, when you asked me this, I was like, man, there's a lot. And, um, Scott Pilgrim is one I just love to throw on and watch. And since it has like a lot of the music stuff in it too, it's like fun to listen to in the background and it's funny. It's very nerdy and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, it's just one that's easy to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. And uh, the other one I could think of that goes with like the sequel kind of thing is uh, the Matrix. Uh, that first Matrix is just so awesome, and um, it is, and it's also highly philosophical too. Yeah, there's a, with some. Go ahead. Yeah, it's like you said. There's so much to it, and a lot of uh, you know read between the lines and stuff like that. And you don't need to watch the second or third one if you don't want to. I mean, the first one's so good, and it ends at actually. Not really a cliffhanger, you know, but it's 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 kind of, it's just its own masterpiece of itself, you know. You know, I don't I don't know. I, mean, I guess we'd have to ask those guys that turned into girls, the director, <laughs> the Wachowskis. But, um, yeah, but uh, I to me it seemed like that was one movie in itself. I, it didn't seem like it was made to have a, and I think the popularity of it and the success of it said, okay, we got to do it, and then they killed it with that third movie. I mean, yeah. that was so so blatantly christian i mean with him dying like he was on the cross and sacrifice and all that crap oh my gosh yeah and that's like it kind of with talking about star wars too it's like you have the matrix and then it, you know it's over the top in a lot of ways of obviously the machines and you know kung fu and shit like that but then you go into the second and third one and they just ramped it up in the most ridiculous ways of i like the second and third one just as like a movie, you know, I don't like them as much as the original matrix, but it's just all the stuff they were, you know, like the twins and vampires. And it's like, what the, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like they just threw out so many dumb ideas that it's like, kind of like I star agree. Wars with the prequels, you know? Well, the, well, I bring up the Christian part of the third movie. Those things were hidden in the first movie, but they weren't so in your face. Like for example, yeah. Neo is what do you think? Change the words, the letters around a Neo and he's the one. He's Christ. Okay. Yep. And then you got Trinity. I mean, it was there, but it wasn't so obvious and in your face like it was in the third one. I guess that's my biggest problem. Not that that I, I get having those little hidden meanings in there, but you don't have to be so blatant and stupid about it that it just, it was disappointing. Yeah. Well, we can throw that in the disappointing pile. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sequel. Yes. The, the sequels. Sequel. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I was excited to talk about that. So, cool. Well, I guess uh, let's go into the breakdown. All right, so we got a lot to talk about here, and um, I'm going to start with the... Resident Evil 3 remake just because um, I just been wanting to talk about this game for a long time and I know you played the demo we talked about that a few episodes back but um, I finally got to play this game it's really cool it's extremely short though it's probably about five hours <laughs> and wow. I'm glad I didn't pay like full price for it because that is kind of crappy that they were trying to put this game out it's a really good game and they're just trying to they had the Resident Evil Resistance like packed with it, which is an online game. 
And um, I think they were just trying to push to sell that, and that's probably why they could still sell it at a full price because it's technically two games, you know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. Was it? Did it pick up where the uh, demo left off? The the demo is just more of a gameplay, like you know, with uh, you're running, you still go in that area and stuff, but Nemesis doesn't come out the way he does in the um, in the demo. So the demo is more like kind of just trying to show you everything in that little bit of time, which is cool. An introduction into it. Okay. Yeah. Cause that part, you know, you get to the, um, to the part where that, uh, alley's on fire. You pretty much just go through there. Like you don't even see nemesis really yet. So, um, that, that's kind of where it's different, but, um, it was cool in the sense of remaking one of my favorite resident evils. And they did a lot of different stuff that I thought was interesting too, because, they could just cut and paste everything the same, but they made it, they made Nemesis different, which I kind of have mixed feelings on. But for this kind of game, I guess it makes sense. They just made him more crazier, I guess. But um, he like gets this weird giant dog form, and I'm like, that's different. <laughs> and he's like wow. running on all fours and stuff. And it's, I was like, that's kind of dumb. But uh, I it's just, a beast. He's yeah. a beast. That's what it is. I just think he's more scary as like this giant freak in like a, you know, all this leather and he has like a bazooka and a flamethrower and he's just like running down trying to like beat you up instead of just turning into a generic giant tentacle monster. You know, it's like, all right, I've seen yeah. a thousand of those. It's just, yeah. So not original. Yeah. Okay. But you did get like half of uh, half of this short game is him basically chasing you around in a lot of cool cutscenes and stuff like that. And, um, they took, there's a, another character you play as named Carlos, who's a part of this like SWAT team. And he really wasn't in the original as much. Like you do a couple gameplay parts, but they really put him into the story a lot better. I think in the remake, which I thought was cool. So kind of flushed well, out the good. story a little better, I think. Oh, that's cool. He was in the, wasn't he in the, in the subway? Is yeah. that the same character I'm thinking about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's him. And that that's the thing is like you, you're Jill for a bunch of the, most of the game pretty much, but there's like a part that happens where you get to play as him and he has like a different kind of uh, weapon set, you know, with his whole military stuff. And um, it's just, it was a lot of fun. It's like a really fun part. And I remember in the re uh, the original, when you play as him, it's just kind of boring and you're just wanting to get back to the main character. But I, I liked how they fixed that. Yeah. Well, good. Good. They took care of it. They improved it. It's not like Bethesda and screwing it up. Yeah. So good for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great game. And yeah, especially if it, you know, drops down in price, which I'm sure it will soon, you know, I'd definitely say pick it up if you want a you know, good game to run through. Maybe if it, like you said, if it gets cheaper, I will play it. I won't pick it up. We'll see. We'll yep. see what happens. Uh, and we, I guess we'll move into, I, we watched a lot of the same stuff, but, um, you finished the Punisher recently, didn't you? Yeah. Season two of it. And, uh, well, we talked about the first time around, it's basically about justice. And in, in this one, he, they get him to question whether he questioned himself, whether what is ju- form of justice is right. I mean, obviously there's gonna be sports and I talk about this, but uh, uh, Billy Russo sets him up to make him think that he kills these three innocent girls and obviously he doesn't but when he thinks he does he totally shuts down because that proves he has a code and when he breaks that code he considers himself on the wrong side just like every other bad guy Yeah. and uh, and to me that, that was a good part and it also um, 
there's a character called the Pilgrim. He, he's pretty badass. He's ch- he's trying to kill him throughout the entire um, season. And just about the end, there's a fight between the Punisher and the Pilgrim. And right before the Punisher is about to do him in, he says, you know, take care of my sons. Don't let them get to my sons. And then the scene cuts. And then in the climax, you see the Pilgrim and after the, the Punisher gets his sons back, gets it back to the Pilgrim, which once again demonstrates he has a code that even though the Pilgrim was a zealot and a bad guy for most of the season, um, he still had a code of right and wrong and didn't just off him because he could. I mean, he wasn't just a killer. Yeah. I mean, he only killed what he thought were bad people. And another another question is, is in our, in our American system, you're supposed to rely on the courts to uh, settle disputes, you know, the police, the FBI, whatever. But what happens when they're corrupted? I mean, you don't, you shouldn't, morally, you should not be forced to have to rely on a corrupted system. I think that's the premise that the Punisher is coming from, is that when the system is corrupt, you can't rely on the courts. You have to take justice into your own hands. Yeah. So I, I think philosophically it answers some good questions, or at least asks some good questions. And I like the acting. I like the way they played it out. It was a really, really good, good season. It's too bad Disney had to go poison it again and buy it out. And I'm never going to get to see any more of it. That but, damn uh, mouse. Damn right. <laughs> Evil but, mouse. Yeah. So you said, though, uh, when you were texting me that they did that scene that I talked about. That was. Uh... No, it wouldn't be the exact scene. But, okay, you, you talked about Civil War. He just with two guns shot down. You showed me the picture of it. You you sent it to me. Uh, Okay. He basically at the very, very end, the closing scene, he, uh, he calls these two gangs in each thinking that one gang called the other when the Punisher did it. And he walks in and he just says, I'm here for you. And he just takes both his guns out and just blazing. And that's the very end of the scene. And it reminded (laughs) me exactly of that picture of him in the civil war with both guns out and killing all the bad guys right away. That's a, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's the, definitely going in the same lines of that scene. So that's really cool. I, I didn't know they did that. That's interesting. Oh, it's, I highly recommend it. I'm sorry. You haven't watched. I've spoiled it for you. God but, damn it. <laughs> I know, but it's worthy. Even so it's still worthy to watch. I didn't tell you everything. There's a lot of nuances that you can pick up on there. So I, I look, I'm not a Marvel guy, but so far, I like Jessica Jones. I like The Punisher. I love Daredevil. So the, the, the Marvel guys know how to write. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah and, and on this podcast, you're like the Marvel uh, professor so far. So <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But look, from being a DC guy all my life growing up and doing nothing but Batman and Superman, it's it's a I guess it's a refreshing new light. It makes me regret not getting into Marvel when I was younger, you know, uh, because maybe I should have. Maybe I should have gave it a chance. But I like Batman so much I couldn't do it. It's okay to like both. Yeah, you told me that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always something to you know, especially with Marvel and DC. There's endless amount of content with that, so it's a good thing. You know, there's never too late to get into it. I agree. All right. Yeah. So the Punisher was you definitely. I mean, you said you said you recommend it before, so you. Oh, absolutely! Both seasons, I recommend all three of those. 
I mean, that I mentioned, Jessica you, Jones, Daredevil, and the Punisher. You'd give the it the Thunders as well, too. You'd give it five uh, Punisher skulls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I would. It's it's really good. I I would if you want to go by the skull. Um, and then I guess for Jessica Jones, you get five punches. Yeah, <laughs> Daredevil, you get five canes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, <laughs> So we're going to go with, uh, before we get into our Star Wars talk, spoiler alert, we uh, watched, we both watched Fighting With My Family. So um, you enjoyed this movie too? Absolutely. I thought it was a feel-good, funny movie. Yeah. And I, I laughed a lot. And I really loved the father. I thought oh, he yeah, was... he's great. He, I don't know yeah. that guy's name, but I know he's in like Shaun of the Dead and all those uh, Simon Pegg movies, and it's he's always funny. Did you watch the very end of it when they were shown the actual family, what they went through? And oh, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, that was pretty cool to see in the actual family. And that, that it, this, I mean, it wasn't exactly the same because uh, the brother was there in the airport scene, but he wasn't in the movie. Yeah, they dr- made it a lot more dramatic than that, especially yeah, okay, for the brother. Yeah. Yeah, they have to do that. It's artistic license. I get that. But still, the point I'm trying to make is it was really cool seeing the actual people doing those, you know, what they look like, A, and then the actually parts of the real life, how it reflected the story. That was pretty cool. And no, the movie I, was good itself. I, I totally agree. And that's like, it was a really cool, yeah, like seeing all the comparisons and how like accurate they did with the movie and stuff too. And um, did, did you, um, it was funny because after the movie, I looked up the um, actual scene of when she had that fight with the girl that like happened in the movie. Did you check that out? I should have sent it to you. I'm, I'm an idiot. Sorry. Okay. What exact fight you're talking about? What with what with what girl? There was with three the, girls there. That well, no, like the actual uh, her. Well, I mean uh, the championship fight. Yeah, when she got the belt and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did that's, not look it up, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because I, I mean that's like kind of the whole point of the movie is her getting to that point, and that was like a big deal, I guess, in wrestling, from what I know, and um. Her getting that title, you know, they, it's it's kind of like the whole climax of the movie of her actually being in a professional wrestling, you know, scenario and stuff. And it's uh, it was cool because it, it is it's so much like that, too. If you watch the scene, it's it's really crazy. My negativity about it is about the whole thing of of wrestling itself. I mean, I used to watch it back in the Hulk Hogan days, the Iron Sheep, you know, yeah. uh, the uh, uh, the Ultimate Warrior. I mean, I watched it. So, however, and they even made the point of this that it's not fake; it's scripted. And because it's scripted, the championship really didn't mean as much to me because they wrote that. So, yeah, I mean, it's a feel-good movie. I'm glad she she worked hard, obviously, to get to where she got. But the whole championship thing to me is not quite as much because it's scripted. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I, I. this is the never-ending argument of people that are with wrestling or not with wrestling. And it's so funny because I'm totally on your side with this, too, because I used to watch it when I was a kid. But my brother was really into it. And I think that's probably why I hate wrestling, because he would always do the wrestling moves on me. So, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like brotherly love, I guess. But um it's just yeah, like yeah. there's some funny. I love a brother too. Yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of funny things about wrestling, but I just can never take it serious. And that's like you see wrestling fanatics, and they're just man, they're super passionate about it. And yeah, they're they're 
you know, it's not real in that sense. You know, they have these things all planned out and it's a show, but it's they get so offended when you say stuff like that. Like, yeah, you know, they they actually really get like thrown on their heads. And and it's like, yeah, I, I, I get that. But well, they do. But it's scripted. <laughs> they know it's coming. They prepare for the moves. Yeah. And she even even defines that when she was basically what they talk. Uh, I forget what she called it. But when that girl kept elbowing her, she says, I, you have to show me first so I can duck. Yeah. I mean, like the receipt thing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The receipt thing. That's what it was. Yeah. That, that's, that is a good indication of that. It's all, they all know everything's coming. Yeah. They all doing it. Absolutely. But they know it's coming. They can prepare for it. So like, it's the same thing I've said. It's scripted. Well, so there's, and it's, and it goes, to, they actually, you know, really do a good uh, example of it in the movie when she, uh, you know, spoiler alert, comes back and um, she does that like Christmas thing with her brother and her brother just basically beats her up. And it's like, that's what happens when you don't know what's going to happen. You know, like she gets hurt and stuff like that. Cause if yeah, she's yeah. like, Oh, you're supposed to do this. And I'm supposed to win. And he's like, uh-uh. like I'm mad at you and I'm going to, you know, drop you on your head. And if that's how it yeah, really well, was, it- that would be more of a wrestling, you know, that's how wrestling would be. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't. I agree. You're absolutely right. But do you think now I'm not I'm pretty sure that they wrote this and this didn't actually happen. But do you think that the brother was actually trying to give her a teacher a lesson to saying that, you know, you did get the dream and you're giving it up and that's why he did that? I didn't know I couldn't figure out whether he was doing it just because he was pissed or if he was doing it to teach her a lesson. I couldn't figure that one out. Yeah, it was really like a mix of both too. Yeah, because you're you're seeing, especially when she gets the chance and she's going through the training and struggling and stuff like that. And you see him kind of going in his downward spiral. You're like, is it, you know, it's like, is he just so jealous and he hates her now he's blocking her calls. He doesn't want anything to do with her. And then it's like, when she's trying to give up and stuff like that, he's even more mad, but is it motivating to be like, yeah, you got to do it. You know? Uh, yeah. I I'm with you on that. It was, it was kind of weird. I guess, I know. I guess it was both. Yeah, I, I just couldn't figure that part out. I mean, he was all in at the end, right before. The, of course, they had to delay that little phone call right before she goes in to the championship bout. But that's when he was all in. But yeah. he wasn't quite all in yet, so you really didn't know. So um, I'm not saying it was there was great wrong with it. It's just something I couldn't figure out. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess uh, we could call him and ask him. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Uh, just get your Rolodex out. And, yeah, uh, get him on the line. Here you go. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I'm glad that you thought this was a good movie, too, because uh, I think I mentioned it before that I was putting this off because I heard people say it was good, but I'm like, ah, they're just, you know, wrestling fans and people that like that kind of stuff. So this movie's not for me, but um, it, it's it's cool when a movie can um, surprise you in that way and just be, a, you know, a good feel good movie, like you said. Yeah, and it made me laugh, and I like I like movies that make me laugh, especially at the end when the father was crying, and he's like, "No, oh, no, I'm allergic to the dog." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I really got a good chuckle out of that one. The yeah. dog's there the whole time, that the whole is movie, funny. Never, no allergy at all, and then all of a sudden he developed an allergy. So that that was funny. Yeah, no, there there was a lot of good funny parts in that too. Oh yeah, I yeah. agree, I agree. And it was I, a good movie. That um, the actress that plays uh, Paige, or I mean, she had like five names in that movie. But, uh, her name's yeah. Florence something, but uh, she's an awesome actress. I like her a lot. I think I have a big crush on her. But uh, <laughs> she she was in Midsummer, which is uh, a really weird movie. I'd love to talk about. And um, 
she's gonna be in the new Black Widow movie too as uh, Black Widow's sister, I think. So. Oh really? Uh, yeah. So I'm excited to see that whenever that movie comes out. But um, it'd be cool seeing her in a Marvel movie. Well, I love raven-haired ba- babes, so uh, yeah, she was she was good. Yeah, and when she turned blonde, I was like, I was disappointed. <laughs> I was disappointed for for multiple reasons. First and foremost, like I said, I prefer the raven hair, and secondly, I thought she was just totally compromised and trying to be someone she wasn't. Those three beach blondes, you know, I just it was disappointing. But maybe that's part of the the growth of her character. Yeah, I mean that's the whole. Yeah, the whole point of that part is, you know, that's when she just was basically losing her chance when she started to just be like these other girls. And she was losing herself, not losing her chance. She was yeah. she wasn't true to herself at that point. At least that's my take of it. But I'm glad she found her way. I do I wanted to bring this up too, is I liked in that movie that they, you know, had that part where she like tried to fit in and it's like doing more harm than good. But they had it on the other side, too, when she was being mean to those girls and found out more about why they're there and what they're working towards with their family and stuff. And I thought that was a cool part that I don't think most movies really, especially a movie like that, would focus on where they have these like three hot models and like they actually have some, uh, you know, actual depth to them, you know. Well, it was all about uh, prejudice and perception. Yeah. She. It's it's the whole Pride and Prejudice thing from Jane Austen. Is you first look at something, you don't always get the right, accurate um, portrayal of them. And I, I think it shows the growth of her character, how she ended up helping them at the end. Yeah, I mean, she even rooted that one girl on who couldn't, who went through the same thing she went through about not being able to uh, turn over that tire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of good lessons in that movie for sure, and just goes to show you that you can learn something from wrestling. <laughs> even scripted wrestling yes yeah. I and mean, that's what's funny too is i mean what can be more scripted than an actual movie right <laughs> you know? absolutely you're Espe- absolutely right there and especially about a true event you know like actual real people too so and uh yeah. it was funny you having the rock in there not as somebody else and him being just himself <laughs> it was kind of interesting to see yes yes it was I like him, so I and, and he did good. He, I mean, he wasn't arrogant or anything. He was—I don't know how he is in real life, and if that is how he is in real life, then he's a good guy. Yeah, and that but, part too, when like the uh, her brothers like bugging him and stuff like that—that that part was really funny. You know, he's like trying to hold it all in because he's like rock, rock, rock. You know, asking for all this advice, and he's like not trying to go like flip out and stuff. And and he does with that whole like uh, little monologue thing. That was really funny. Yeah, it was. Also, what uh, both her and her mother uh, said to, to Rock, that was very fun, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, I forgot what it was, but I know what you're saying, the uh, like pickup line thing or whatever. Yes. And there it is again. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was good. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, that no, was a good movie. I'm glad uh, you liked it, too. Wrestling, yes, it was a good movie. Wrestling can be good sometimes. For a wrestling movie, it was good. Yeah. <laughs> So let's move into something more uh, scripted and a galaxy far, far away. That's a terrible segue, but uh, (laughs) we're going to be talking about The Mandalorian and a little bit of Star Wars talk here. So um, did you watch The Mandalorian when it first came out or did you just recently watch it? No, relatively recently I watched it uh, when it first came out. I'm anti-Disney, so it took me a while to get beyond that. 
So, and uh, but why do you want to talk about this then? If you're like so against it, I mean Disney. Sorry, it's there. It's part of the the pop culture. I don't think it necessarily should be ignored. And it wasn't that bad. I mean, as I'll tell you how I was offended by the rise of the sky rise of Skywalker, but uh, the Mandalorian was basically a a, a a Western set in space. Yeah. I mean, and uh, so it's, I mean, it wasn't that bad. I, I really, I mean, I thought they played up the baby Yoda thing a lot, yeah. but, um, oh, baby Yoda is um, the best. <laughs> oh, really? But, uh, it's, and then when I, when I looked it up and read some stuff about it, and I'm not that much into star Wars canon, but, uh, the, the Mandalorians basically were bad. I mean, um, Boba Fett and are supposed to be at least part of that uh, that lore, the Mandalorian lore. Yeah, and they're not good guys. They're not good guys, and they have a a bad, a sorry bad Mandalorian protecting a good baby Yoda. That kind of dynamic was was okay. I mean, I like that. Um, you know, it was okay. It wasn't bad. I mean, if I have to say one bad thing about it, I guess would be the fact that uh, the robots seem to be the uh, more human than the humans the, you know, like uh, the one robot that like has the crazy the, the nanny robot yeah the yeah actually, <laughs> yeah that that was she that robot it turned out to be more human than the actual humans i see that as a problem because a human should be human but it is what it is you know i'm not it's not that bad i mean if, if i have to give her a critique that's what it would be i know plenty of humans that might as well be robots so <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't you don't have to write about it though but yeah, yeah. I, I i get your point no it's uh the mandalorian was really cool in the sense of it it is star wars you know in the star wars universe and stuff like that but the one-off star wars stuff is just so cool i think and i mean i liked boba fett but not as probably as most fans since you know he was just this cool looking character if anything you know he barely has any lines and he dies in like two seconds or maybe dies or whatever but um it's cool that they just took instead of just bringing in boba fett they just kind of focus on the mandalorian culture and like that whole thing of being a mandalorian it was really cool to sure. learn about and um yeah i agree yeah you I know agree. and it, i i was watching this too when it first came out and it was uh fun going back to like how you used to watch tv where you would they, they didn't um dump all the episodes out you had to watch it each week which um i, I kind of get nostalgic about that kind of stuff where you would watch one episode of something then talk to your friends or something like that about it and then be like yeah i can't wait till you know that next one drops i wonder what's gonna happen and that's like the last oh. time i felt fe i felt that way was with the mandalorian Ryan, you're showing your age. It looks like you're becoming an old man too. You know, yeah, my back's hurting a little bit, knees are shaking. Yeah, yeah it might might be that time. So, but uh, yeah, Mandalorian had a lot of cool um, cameos too. Um, do you know Bill Burr as the comedian? No, no, Bill Burr. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was one of the bad guys. Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, I thought that yeah. was hilarious. He was uh, that kind of character too, and it was really funny. And um, uh, do you listen to his podcast at all, or do you know about his podcast? No, but I've seen a couple of his stand-ups. That's how I know him. I remember he's the he's bald, the bald guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He, it's he's so funny too. I love his like rants, and that's like his podcast. He's just 
does every Monday where he just talks about is he's just by himself he doesn't do interviews and stuff like that he just rants and says funny shit but um him being in there was just so funny to see like a comedian like that in the star wars universe and uh i'll say there i think there's like a you can probably find it on youtube there's like when he was doing that because he kept it all under wraps he didn't really say he was in the mandalorian until that episode came out and um all his fans gave him so much shit because there's a scene where he drops baby Yoda because of the turbulence and the, (laughs) and and he has this whole bit because like a bunch of people on like Twitter and um, like the internet and stuff were just like, how could you drop baby Yoda? You're such a, you know, they were just giving him all this crap and he like went off on his fans. Like he's obviously joking, but it's so funny because it's like, if you were in space and you were holding a little alien and it, had all this turbulence you think you could hold on to it better than i did and it it's just so funny like like the, he's got a point yeah, I mean, yeah. besides the fact that he had to because like we said it was scripted yep. but um, oh, i know yeah, it's, a, he's, it's he's got a point he's got a point you would get realistically speaking if all that was happening you probably wouldn't have dropped it yeah and it's just goes to show you star wars nerdum at its peak of people getting offended at a you know, baby Yoda doll falling, just like the wrestling freaks. Yes. Same thing. They're probably, yeah, I'm sure they're all in the same house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mandalorian's cool. I can't wait for the second uh, season and stuff like that. And I want to see where they go with it. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out. I was, Look, I got through it. Like I've said before, if I get through it, that at least says I was interested in it. So I got through it, and I'll check out the second season too. So what is this thing? I'm kind of uh, I wondering. I'm wondering what your big thing with the Rise of Skywalker was. You said you have a big uh, all, complaint. All growing up, all growing up, I hear about uh, gratuitous sex. Bad, it's bad. Gratuitous sex, but it's okay when the liberals take charge and have gratuitous lesbian kiss. I don't like it being shoved in my face. I, I have no problems. You want to be a lesbian, you want to be gay, you sleep wherever you want, as long as it's consensual, good for you. But when it's shoved in my face to, to, to just to prove an agenda or to show forth an agenda, I have a huge problem with it. And that little kiss at the end when they were all celebrating, I didn't see any heterosexual kissing going on. You know, it, it was they made damn sure you saw two women kissing each other in the celebratory uh, climactic scene. And that, that pissed me off. And there's Disney for you. They, they, they have to ruin everything. Yeah. It wasn't necessary. It was literally gratuitous. It wasn't necessary. It didn't advance the plot whatsoever. It was just there to, to score uh, political correct points. Yeah, they checked that box. I, I agree with you on that. And it's like they showed these minor you know they had no names they weren't even really characters besides just being on the you know rebel side i guess and yeah they just had to have that shot at the end and um i i, I mean it ruined it for me it took me totally, <laughs> it took when i said it takes me out of the story it is a problem it took me out of the story well that i and, think and that, that that one had a lot of problems but you know that is one of them but it's there was yeah rise of skywalker just did not it wasn't for the last one too i just i don't know i i don't think it was as great as you know people wanted it to be i know i can agree with that i didn't like the fact that 
um, Ben Solo becomes Ben Solo and then dies. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah. I didn't like how they had to keep bringing Leia back. Um, and, I, and I also think the, the, the three final Disney movies was all about killing the old. You notice how one died in every one. Yeah. First it was Han Solo, then Luke, and then Leia. That was just to get rid of the old so that we, Disney can bring in their new characters. Yeah, and the whole pa- the whole Palpatine thing was just man, really oh, the, the just, clone. That's yeah. bullshit. Yes, I totally so agree. So stupid. You. They could have had yes, so many more interesting things. And again, it's just like at the end, it basically was just like a shitty Return of the Jedi. And I'm like, I'd rather just watch Return of in the way, Jedi. In a way, yeah. The one good thing I could say is that uh, first of all, I love her name, Ray. But uh, the one good thing I can say is that she chose to be Skywalker because she was was supposedly a Palpatine. And she said at the very end, I'm Ray Skywalker. She chose it. That's morality that and she did it on her own. She wasn't it wasn't forced into her. That to me was a good part of it. Mm -hmm. But I I totally agree with what you say on everything else. One hundred percent. Yeah. Well, they could have done better. I mean, yeah, it was it was fun to watch, and there's some cool parts. But yeah, I I probably never watch that movie again. I'd rather w- rather watch The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It took me a while to finally watch it, and then it's it, I, I came away empty like you did. That's it. And, and oh, go ahead. Now I'm just gonna just reiterate the, the lesbian thing that killed it for me. I was like, that's it. That's done. That's stupid Disney crap. The funniest thing about this movie, too, is this is like a little personal thing, but this was the first, well, probably last movie I'll ever see in theaters. And, uh, well, for the time being, I guess, but uh, this was the first time since we've had our daughter that we went, me and my wife went out and we're like, we're going to go to a movie. So, you know, my mom was going to babysit Celeste and, you know, we're going to go out to a movie the first time since we had our kid. And this was the movie we picked. And I'm like, Ah, shit. <laughs> what a disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> but that'll always be in my past. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you can never tell. True. You can never yeah. tell me you're going to get a crappy movie. You just roll the dice and hope you get one, you know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But uh, so, how can all this be equated to a rush quote? I really want to know that. Well, actually, see, in the early days, Rush did some space things. I mean, Tony One Twelve is basically set in space. Yeah. Um, and but they also did a uh, a story of a of a black hole and a guy who travels into the black hole. And on a Fellow of Kings, the last song on a Fellow of Kings is called Sinus X One, Book One, The Voyage. Book Two is the first song of Hemispheres. But I'm going to deal with uh, Book One and Sinus X One. And it's I'm going to do the prologue and I'm going to skip to do part two. So it's because I just love part two. And it goes in a constellation of Cygnus, the lurks a mysterious invisible force, the black hole of Cygnus X1. Six stars of the Northern Cross in the morning of their sister's loss in a final flash of glory, never more to grace the night. And then we skip to part two and it's I set, of course, just east of Lyra and northwest of Pegasus, flew into the light of Deneb, sailed across the Milky Way. On my ship, the Rocinante, wheeling through the galaxies, headed for the heart of Cygnus, headlong into mystery. The X-rays are siren song. My ship cannot resist her long, nearing to my deadly goal until the black hole gains control. 
it's basically a story of a, this guy who's traveling a ship getting headed towards the black hole and going in and through the black hole. And it's Neil's description of it. I think it's great. Yeah. I read an article that that's going to be the season two of the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> if only yeah, that, that would be a good premise of a movie. You know, I could see that being, you know, especially like a space movie. Absolutely. I think Neil had a great mind and uh, you're, you're absolutely right. That would have been a good movie, but it, you know, you can't know what it's like to go through a black hole. Yeah. I mean, it's supposed to, once you hit that event horizon, it's supposed to rip you apart. And it's basically what he describes there um, in the next part that I didn't read. He just, he describes what, you know, every nervous torn apart. In fact, is one of the lines in it. And, uh, so it would be a good movie to see what, you know, someone's vision of what it'd be like to go through a black hole. But there's your space odyssey. You well, always break it down to a rush song. Anytime uh, I think of Russian space, I just think of my favorite song, Tom Sawyer and the uh, synthesizer in it, you know. Dee, 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 dee. <laughs> it's very spacey. <laughs> it sounds like uh, it. Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> your, your favorite song, Tom Sawyer. You know, it's the best. It's the it. best one. The ultimate. Oh my god. No, it's a great song. Please <laughs> do not get me wrong. It's, it's in, a great song. It's in Small Soldiers. It's in The Water Boy. I mean, what else can you No, say? it's it's in a lot. It's it's in a lot. It was supposed to be in uh Ready Player One too, but they took it out. But um it, it the people who say, Yeah, Rush Tom Sawyer, show me how shallow they really are because there's so much oh, more my, than tom sawyer my heart just turned into a black hole and ripped apart <laughs> good it deserves it though. maybe <laughs> maybe learn get a little deeper in the rush all right i'll Become do my true fan i'll do my homework <laughs> it's it's just too bad i didn't know you when rush is still touring i would have made you go to a concert with me Hey, I would like, I, I wouldn't, I like a good concert. I'm sure they obviously from hearing all the stories that you said, uh, you know, I'm sure it'd be a great time. I guess I'll bring over a DVD and we'll watch it one day. That's <laughs> all we can do now. Episode 50, the uh, Rush documentaries. <laughs> there you go. Hey, they got two documentaries. We can watch that with those smart Alec. Oh, we can watch go. those too. <laughs> well, I, I guess we could bring it up on the chat. Why not? Well, why don't we jump into the bonsai drop? that I brought up here and um, one's just uh, I talked about this on one of the episodes I did with the retro hangover guys but um, do you know who Solid Snake is from Metal Gear Solid no I know Metal Gear Solid but no I do not I didn't never play I don't know that is a game you need to play and I think it is on Xbox at least I think they did some HD ones but uh, I think you'd really Is is it third person yeah all right, then maybe I will check it out then. Yeah, because my favorite series, and David Hayter's the voice actor, Solid Snake, and he is a phenomenal voice actor. He he's just sounds so cool as Solid Snake. And um, they one of the gaming uh, websites brought him in, and he did like a uh, codec call on uh, like the whole COVID thing, and it's pretty funny. So <laughs> I I, right. I just thought I'd put that for a little funny video, and um, 
I sent you this one, and they the Nerdist people and Dan Casey talks about it. Uh, if Boba Fett could return in the Mandalorian, and he has a little video about that. So yeah, yes, I watched that. That was interesting. That was very interesting. Yeah, and it would be cool. And I think it just kind of shut the fans up about just Boba Fett himself. And I think that would be cool to have him back in however way they put him in. So um, it'd be interesting. Well, to did the, my question is, do the timelines meet? I mean, when exactly is the, Malo- the Mandalorian setting compared to the, the Skywalker drama? I mean, what is it way before? Yeah. See, I think, felt like i knew this at one point probably when the show was going on one of my friends is a huge star wars fan i i should just call him up right now no i'm just kidding. but uh i yeah i don't know i don't know how the time i get so confused with that especially with all the uh other stuff that yeah, well, they have so well that will explain a lot because obviously if he hasn't sucked into the hole in tatooine yet he could make an appearance yeah. i mean it, well, it has to be way before because of uh baby yoda yeah. So therefore, it has to be before that. But then that means Boba Fett is one old dude. Well, and they—I mean, it's going to with the Mandalorian talk. They really didn't say if that's actually the Yoda we know. That could be just another of his species. You never know. I mean, oh, it could be. Okay, so. that too. But that see, it would make more sense to me if they bought his clone father. I, you know, they're all clones. So Boba Fett, Yango Fett. Jingle Fett are, just, are basically a clone of each other. Yeah, but one was technically a father and a son. So maybe it make more sense to me if they if they bump on Jingle Fett instead of Boba Fett. However, I don't know. Like it's all about the timeline. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see. So, but it'll be cool. Yeah, However, it will be. I'm interested. You know, see, that's where you'd put in the Rush song, uh, the one that you were quoting and stuff, because Boba Fett was in that monster, which is basically like a black hole. And, you know, him getting out, however <laughs> yeah, he gets out of there, you know, just play that Rush song behind it, however, however he gets out of that monster. And uh, there you go. <laughs> we put it all in there. Well, we got it in. The character in the Rush song actually becomes a god in the next song. So uh, I don't know if we want to give that to Boba Fett. I yeah. really don't think so. <laughs> I know. I like I like Mando too much. You know, Boba Fett doesn't have uh, much character to him from what I know. So I'd, I'd rather I'd rather be with the uh, the other guy. I liked it. I liked Mandalorian. So yeah, I agree with you. Well, I think that's a show. I will wrap this up. Uh, DJ, do you got anything to plug? Uh, just, I guess if you want to check out the archives of my, uh, um, change of reason podcast, go to change of reason podcast.com. And until this, uh, lockdowns over, we're not going to have any new, uh, episodes, but hopefully we'll get back to it. Well, we can find all the grand design and DJ awesomeness over on the Bonsai Chat, so we still have that. <laughs> well, now you're referring to my first podcast, Grand Design, but okay. <laughs> uh, I was just trying to make it like a title or something. So, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it works. It's a great Rust song, Grand Design. It yeah. works. Grand Design, Chains of Reason, they're all great. So, actually, Chains Chains of Reason comes from. Sing the Sex One Book Two. It's it's in that song. So there's another connection. There you go. Just like a chain. It's all connected. That's right. <laughs> well, yeah, this has been the Bonsai Drop. We'll be back for another episode next week. And uh thanks for listening. Bye everybody. Yeah, take care. Bye. <laughs>